What can be said about our mothers that hasn't been said? Well, a lot really. There is no and shouldn't be any limit to the adoration and examination of nature's most important, if not perfect, creature. A mother. The word mother takes on many forms and many meanings throughout the ages and the arts, and for good reason. Sometimes there is no better descriptor for something than the word mother. Necessity is the mother of invention. Mother Earth. The mother of all... blank. A face only a mother could love. You get the idea. Climb aboard the mother ship as the buzzers sit down to hear some tales with some real mothers today on this episode of Five Dollar Buzz. Step inside, lock the door behind you. You're stepping in on another episode of Five Dollar Buzz. Um, Roger Mayer. As always with us tonight in Los Angeles, California. How are you tonight, Roger? Yeah, man. It's great. Just came back from a wake the other day before last, but we've had a whole year to sit on it and uh, it was a blast. We had a, we had a lot of fun. Got really drunk, took too much Xanax and then uh, woke up a day and a half later. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you're feeling better and uh, you're feeling more awake. Uh, this is going to be the companion episode to uh, the father episode, what to expect when you're expecting. Uh, Pete Liska is out on assignment. He's being a dad. Uh, baby Sienna was born just a couple of days ago, but we're lucky enough to have a uh, guest host tonight, Marianne Snow, who is uh, Pete's sister up in the Boston area. Uh, Marianne, how are you? Where exactly are you in Massachusetts <laughs> right now? Hello, uh, I'm great. I uh, I live right outside of Boston in Watertown. It's about mm-hmm. six miles from from downtown Boston. Yeah. Um, happy to be here. Happy to be filling in for Pete. I'm a brand new aunt to little baby Sienna. Um, so we're all thrilled in our family um, and giving him a a, a night off. Um, although you don't really get a night off with with newborns. <laughs> so. So, yeah, that's true. And Marianne, just so the uh, people at home know that you are a mom of three, right? Is Did your third child come fairly recently? Is that yeah, right? Yep, I have three boys. Um, yeah. I have Peyton, who's six, uh, Sawyer, who's four, and then Walker, who's three months. Wow, three months. That's very recent. So you, yeah. you have some pretty... Um, poignant uh comments for pete that you can just you guys are kind of in this together but we're in it yeah i mean i'm past the the first sort of six weeks of of absolute wildness with no sleep (laughs) but um i wish them luck they're they're going through it right now but they seem like they're they're doing great yeah that's exciting and uh i just want to let the listeners know that i met you a long time ago i think 1999 pete and i were uh traversing the country and you were were you playing volleyball at Robert at College? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I played volleyball at Robert Morris. Robert Morris College. Right. It's now, you uni- know, it's now Robert Morris University, I think. But um, yeah, I remember that road trip. You guys were doing a road trip across the country, and you stopped. You stopped yeah, that by was very, uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, that was very early in Pittsburgh. So uh, yeah, I have a lot of good memories of that. And look how far we've come. Uh, but <laughs> I wanted to introduce. Uh, we have two guests with us who are also moms and have. Uh, pretty unique and diverse mom experience. Uh, First guest number one is, uh, her name is Lori Miller, and she's my cousin. And, uh, you know, we've known each other for 40 something years, but she has some pretty unique mom experience because she's a mom of five. She has uh, a daughter who I think, Lori, is she in 10th grade now? Yeah, 10th grade now. Mm -hmm. She's in the 10th grade. 15. Wow. Followed yeah. by, I remember hanging out. I remember what you and I were doing when we were 15. Now you have it. Oh, I know. That's what makes me worry. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I don't not think. not to know anything. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it, it, anything's going to be quite uh, like that. I know Gail, who are, I'll introduce in a second. We talk about this all the time. But Lori, you're out there in Nassau County, Long Island with a girl, followed by four boys. How do you get out of the house uh, with five? Well, when you had five little kids, I know they're older now. Maybe you could just take us through the ages and what are the yes. challenges for having five kids? So she's my first one is a girl and then the four boys. So she's 15. And then my next one is 13. And then we have um, a 10 year old 
an eight-year-old and then the baby who I still call the baby uh, six-year-old. So it's definitely crazy. I mean, it, it, it goes through like different stages of craziness. It's like different, it's new craziness now. Um, but I think for me, just um, always when I was trying to get them out of the door or even like today, cause the boys are, you know, they're, they're crazy. They're all over the place. It's like a big thing for me is schedule, you know, just like keeping them on schedule. Um, if I don't keep them on a schedule, then everything's just like, it, it goes away and I can't, I can't think straight to begin with. <laughs> so it just gets a little bit more, um, intense, you know, like people will be like, I can't believe like the two little ones are in bed um, by like six thirty seven at night, but I have to do that, you know? Um, because now with the older ones with the running around and the sports and the school and, you know, it's just, it's always something going on. So a big thing for me always from little to still now is still schedule. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to you and we'll talk about that. I just wonder, uh, introduced guest, uh, number two, who is Gail Munch, who, uh, I've known for quite a long time. We met Christ, my, Maybe it was like like 1997 when you were down. Yeah, there. it was 97. Yeah, 1997. Yeah, you were at a you were a couple of well, two other guests on the show, uh, Dan Cohen and John Stewart. We we drove down uh, to College Park after a couple of days in uh, Towson, Maryland, and uh, you know it's funny enough that we wound up living in the same town where you still live, Stamford, Connecticut, and uh, you were a mom. I think when we moved to Stanford, you, yeah. so you're a mom of twin boys. So that's a unique uh, experience in itself. And your boys are in their first year of high school, right? There's some yeah. interesting dynamics going on. I think you were telling us about, right? Yes. It's horrifying. Um, yeah. So I have identical twin boys. Um, so we just quit after that because it was so horrifying that that happened to us. And we just figured we'd end up with more twins somehow and they'd all be boys and then I'd have to leave. Um, so it's funny you talk about schedule and I guess we'll get back to that. Schedule is everything from like the minute they're born, but more, more on that later. Um, yeah, it's easier now because they're both doing the same thing all the time. So we don't have to worry about the schedule. They're pretty similar. They, you know, go to the same activities, they do the same things, they have the same friends. So now I'm kind of living the dream, except with like the horror, like we said, of knowing what we did in high school. Um, so that just lives in the back of my mind all the time. Yeah. It's the beginning though, that's <laughs> the terrible part. I mean, a friend of mine had triplets. And uh, so I remember being conscripted into that whole routine whenever you go over there, okay, you got night shift. Yeah. You had a whole, you know, this one went to the bathroom at this time, this one's fed at this time. <laughs> It was a little, a little insane. So I can only. Well, yeah. I mean, and it's, it's, it's for your sanity. And I do, I strongly believe it's better for the kids when they're babies. And it's like, everyone knows what to expect all the time. Yeah. So I agree. Predictability. Yes. Is, yeah. Is, the kids. Is, makes everybody happy. <laughs> and Gail, one uh, piece of trivia is that your sons were, are, were movie stars in their younger age. Like, uh, can you tell the yes. people uh, about their experience on set and what movie okay, and who they I, were working with yes oh I'd, I'd be happy to so of course once we knew we were having identical twins we're like we gotta marry kate and ashley these guys like you gotta do something with them so it was coincidental we had a friend who knew a casting director they were filming a movie in stanford robert de niro drew barrymore sam rockwell um kate beckinsale it was called everybody's fine Okay. Terrible movie, actually. Yeah. Um, my boys, we said, were definitely the best part of it. One of them got to pick Robert De Niro's nose, but it was perfect. I was home on maternity leave. They were like four months old. They called us to come down to set. But again, back to the schedule, like I just thought everyone was on my baby's schedule. So they'd you know, say, oh, could you wake the baby up and bring him to set now? And I was like, well, you know, we like to sleep another hour. So that didn't really fly. So it was a very stressful week, but definitely see the movie and watch, watch the Munch Bros. Roger. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, and then that was it. That was the end of the career because again, just too stressful with the <laughs> schedule and they make no money. They're like, they're considered props. And at one point, I think one of them like wouldn't cry on cue. So they swapped them out for like a fake baby. So yeah, it just wasn't worth it. But... I always wondered how that worked. They, yeah, like fake, they... fake babies, oh, yeah. yeah. And they hated, hated Drew Barrymore. So we have like a personal thing against Drew Barrymore in my house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she made him cry like, all the time. 
<laughs> yeah, the um, I uh, I can relate. You know, I worked for Uncle Bob one time for uh, for the Tribeca Film Festival, so we have similar similar stories to tell about De Niro. Well, we actually he was our favorite. He was like a grandpa. We have this picture in our house of him with the babies, and everyone just thinks like, "Oh, is that is that your dad? Like, is that their grandpa?" We're like, "No, it's Robert De Niro." But that's just you know was kind of his vibe. Yeah, but that's but <clears throat> that was a period when he started making started making really bad movies. Yes, bought up all of uh, the uh, Lower East Side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it was the first of many many bad movies. Yeah, that was those were the paycheck movies. I think that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, Marianne, can you do? You, would you be able to share a little bit what you know about, uh, you know, what the birth was like for Baby Sienna? Just because Pete's not here to kind of fill us in. I know he's been really busy, and we're not trying to bother him too much. But it seems like uh, Vanessa did have to be induced, and you know, the baby didn't really want to come out just yet uh was it pete was saying it was a pretty long strenuous uh, labor, 20 hours right? yeah 20 hours. yeah i think i may i may have as much information as you guys i mean i think that um he said 20 hours which is a real long time i think it's also when you are anticipating that first week leading up to your due date you know i um i went early with my first one um so it was a surprise and then i had a c-section with the second two so that was scheduled um but yeah i think they were waiting for the due date that came and went and then it's kind of like when is this gonna happen um so yeah she was induced and um i uh, uh from what i understand a long labor and uh pete cried cried pretty hard <laughs> really really emotional which um makes total sense if you know pete uh he's got a big heart um and they seem like they're just totally in that like beautiful stage of like complete love um and no sleep <laughs> like you know eyes wide open humming a little bit <laughs> adrenaline sort of pumping trying to figure out what Oh my gosh, this kid wakes up every two hours, gotta feed it, gotta change it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and I think they're they're getting settled into home um with her. She is a little replica of Vanessa. She's so mm. cute. Um, and it's just awesome. Uh, you know, it's it, you know, when you have kids, you can't wait for the people around you, especially your siblings, to have kids. So I feel like for me, it's just, um, and for my my family, we're just so thrilled for them. Now, uh, and not a girl. She's the first. She's the first girl on the Liska side. So oh, gotta wow. gotta mix up with all these boys. Yeah, there you go. I'm an only child, so that makes it easy for me. I don't have to worry. About <laughs> now, as a a veteran of, uh, you know, you have three children, but you're still kind of in the newborn phase. What what type of advice do you give to? Uh, parents like such like Pete and Vanessa who this is their first time what, what's your uh, go-to advice for uh, parents yeah a lot of advice a lot of unsolicited advice I guess that happens from from people when you first start having kids I mean I usually just tell people that you know you are the exact parents um, for your kid there is you know don't listen to what works for one kid isn't going to work for somebody else and um you know, you just need to trust that you are doing the right thing for your kid. Um, I certainly had a hard time with that in the beginning with my first one. Um, you know, pacifier, no pacifier, <laughs> breastfeed now, wait, or, you know, pump now or wait to pump. Like, can't take a bottle, can't take, it's like you can actually make yourself a little crazy if you, if you listen to all the advice out there, you really sort of have to take it with a grain of salt um, and do what you think is, is right um you know i think that is probably true for the first couple of years and i'm sure lori and gail can agree you know sleep, sleep co-sleep don't co-sleep like there's so there's so many parenting people think that they're experts um and, and you know they may be experts on their child but they're not necessarily experts on um on your child so i think that Pete and vanessa are really equipped to to be excellent parents it's certainly not going to be easy you got to have people around you that you can 
you know, uses sounding boards and and invent to, but um, you know, there is no magical moment where everything is just like quiet and and happy and peaceful. It's chaos. It's a lot of sleepless chaos all the time. And so you just have to roll with it and be in the present moment with these kids and um and trust that 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 you have what it takes to to be exactly who this kid needs. I don't think cavemen had a book to actually teach them how to be parents. There you go. That's right. They didn't. And we're still here. Lori, I told Pete that my, well, my number one advice to everyone was anytime you leave the house, just buy wipes. Like no matter where you are, (laughs) I would just go and buy, I would stop by CVS or, you know, wherever it was and grab like a three pack of wipes. Uh, Yeah. You've seen a lot and a lot of things have probably changed since uh, Kaylee was born, but what do you do? I'm sure you must get asked quite often by parents uh, for some type of advice. I mean, I know it's a really broad uh, question, but what would you say to someone that just uh, is going through it for the first time? Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely, and I hate to be like repetitive, but I think the schedule is a big thing. Um, Some may think that I'm like mean or crazy, but I learned um, that the schedule was so important that, they don't know newborns don't know what they want to do they they'll just eat and sleep and poop and just they'll just do that until you kind of like straighten them out a little bit so i was really big on um teaching them day and night so i was um like after the first few weeks i just really would wake them up during the day um if i knew it was that time for them to feed i would wait you know the old school like you never wake a sleeping baby but then i was never going to have any kind of normal sleep myself so Um, you know, during the day I would, if I had to undress the baby or do the damp wet washcloth on the baby, wake the baby up. I was big on that. Um, because that was the way I kind of got them into their, their their sleep cycle. Um, I think the only book that I really ever read was something like healthy sleep habits for happy parents or something like that. And it just kind of briefly spoke about their sleep cycle. And I think I kind of referred to that a little bit with um Kaylee my first one and after that I was just kind of like all right I got this they are going to be up during the day I am going to get that bottle or breast or whatever I was doing at the time in the mouth every three hours um and that's really that was huge for me um but yeah you definitely also go through you learn all the things you're bringing with you like I think um I know the bibs have changed a lot. It sounds so old and I really don't feel like it was that long ago. But uh it became a trick like you were always changing their outfits from spitting up, spitting up, or yeah. like the neck was always getting wet. Mm. So I liked the best, like the terry cloth, you know, bibs. And I would just put them like in their outfits and then put one on top as well. Because, you know, like if I doubled them up, I just felt like, okay, I'm saving myself from changing one outfit. Like that was always my thing. Their necks were always wet. But like you said, just, you know, as time goes on, you learn, like, let me keep extra diapers here. Let me keep extra wipes here. Um, you know, and in the beginning, it's just about um, kind of just trying to find your your peace of mind just because you're on such little sleep, you know. But when you look back at it and people tell you that it goes fast, it really does go so fast. Um, and it's funny that we're talking about, like, the newborn stage because, you know, I was walking the other day and I was like, I would do anything in the world to go back to that like exhaustion you know because um it just gets crazier as they get bigger you know it's like a totally different kind of exhaustion and it's just so sweet it's so sweet in the beginning you know so Lori do you was there anything that jumps out at you from number five that you did differently from number one yeah, well, I think kind of like going off what you said, like in the beginning, you were so like, oh, the baby should be doing this or should I be doing that? Like with Kaylee, I had her, I was so nervous about um, not have like how long was she going to be in a bottle? And the same thing, like the pacifier. And I remember by nine months old, I was like, this baby needs to be on a sippy cup. She has to be on a sippy cup. And, you know, I did like I did that with her. The rest of them, I was like, they're not going to go to college with the bottle. I let them have the bottle <laughs> as long as they wanted it gave me peace to let them, you know, and then, you know, you hear they're like, oh, they can't drink milk because of their teeth. They're going to lose the teeth anyway. You know, the, the adult <laughs> ones are on their way. Um, you just suddenly become like, hey, it's okay. You know, they're, they're going to survive. I'm not going to kill them. And um, like little things like that, you know, um, the potty training. I remember a lot of people in the beginning with her, um, you know, by a certain age, they should be potty trained. And I was like, they're going to know the rest of them. I'm like, they're going to know when it's time. 
um, again, they're not going to go to college in a diaper, you know? So I just think as each kid, as it, time went on, I was just more relaxed. Um, and I knew it was going to just kind of take its course, you know? Um, but yeah, the first one, you're always a little bit like, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Yeah. Yeah. So if there's any advice really that I could give a first time parent, it's just, just relax, just enjoy it. Enjoy being in your pajamas all day. Cause it's not going to be like that forever. And, you know, enjoy that type of exhaustion and, um, just go with what feels right. You know, just, just my thing is just try to get them on a schedule that you can get rest, you know, just get them up during the day, you know, kind of regulate their clock. So don't put a cigarette in their mouth and a shot of whiskey at age eight, like my dad. Did. There okay. you go. Yeah. No, you hold you hold off on that. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna and I'm gonna build on that too. And I think like the takeaway from what we all say is, yeah, you do what works for you, like oh. for the baby, because it makes everything easier for everybody. So I'm the same way because I had two at once. I had a different experience than like regular first time parents. Like I didn't care about germs. If you had hands, like take a baby. You know, if there was a bottle on the floor, I don't care whose mouth it was in, stick it in the other kid's mouth. And I also like militant on that schedule. And, you know, my Italian in-laws had a really hard time. Like I told George, we're going to write a book called like, the baby's just not that into you. Because anytime a baby cried, they were like, oh, I wonder what's the matter with the baby. Oh, I think, I think he's hungry. I think he's tired. No, no, he doesn't like you. Stop looking at him. We've got the schedule. Don't interfere. And that was it. Like, if you came in my house, don't even touch a bottle before like four hours or whatever that time was. We needed to count on that. And the same thing people will say, never wake a sleeping baby. Oh, until you have twins. And then you have to wake the other baby. So why wouldn't that be okay for just regular one baby? That baby doesn't know he's a twin. So we did that like at night when we tried to cut out the feeding, we would just like wake everybody up. And for us, like, I think we were so freaked out when we were having twins the whole pregnancy because I thought I was going to have this cute experience like I'm going to take a baby to the mall and we're going to like stroll around all day and how cute is that and what am I going to do with two? We were so much better off than a lot of our friends like they'd be like oh, I haven't showered today. I'm like how haven't you showered? I've showered. I've done this because my babies are sleeping at this time at that time, you know, and we just knew what to expect. Until, of course, like then two weeks later, everything would change and then you'd have to like redo the schedule. So it was a constantly changing what to expect. But once you knew that like you could control that a little bit, that was just the key to everything. Until, you know, it falls apart when somebody tells you like, oh, come bring the baby. We're having brunch at 11. You're like, oh, well, my baby sleeps at 11. They're like, well, that's when the brunch is. And you're like, okay. So like an idiot, you wake up your baby, then you go somewhere the baby starts crying. I wonder what's the matter with it. I'm sitting in a room by myself with two hysterical babies. So again, you do what's, what's good for you. How, how <laughs> frequently were you um, completely by yourself with two on one? You were like outnumbered. Um, yeah. So I will be honest. So, so for like the first six weeks and somebody else said something about six weeks, my husband will tell you, he has totally blacked that out. Like, it's like, <laughs> he doesn't even remember it. It's like, cause it's like the twilight zone and like you're up at like four in the morning and you're like, is anyone else in the universe up right now? I'm like, what do you do? It gets better after that. Um, but yeah, so I would say the first six weeks, like my mother-in-law slept over, my mom slept over, Paul was home. The first two weeks we did, we had a baby nurse um, who I still had to get up and was like totally freaked out that somebody else was in my house. So it wasn't actually helpful. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was hard to be alone until those six weeks. And then again, they're like more alert. They know the difference between day and night. And then, yeah, you could do it yourself. And you got pretty good about, you know, one was here and you had a bottle here and you had like a bottle over here. You just you get into the rhythm with it. Yes. Yes. But before six weeks, it's just awful. And that's, yeah, that's, this, the, that's, what I, that's what I told Pete and Vanessa. I was like, yeah. the first six weeks, just terrible. you just got to know. Yeah. It's... And don't feel bad about it. Yeah, exactly. Don't think it's going to be magical. It's horrible. <laughs> I remember. And then it um, gets magical. I remember I was always making formula. Now, Marianne, <laughs> are like, are you? Oh, yeah. Are you going that's... back to formula? Because, you know, I know that you just had a, th- your, your youngest is three months. So. Mm-hmm. 
like yeah so is your philosophy I, different from like your older kids to like now getting back into it yes my first I was like a hot mess because I just was trying to do what I thought everyone like the picture perfect like motherly thing to do was I didn't have a lot of babies in my life my friends with kids didn't live near me so babies were like brand new so I I had no idea what I was doing and it it really freaked me out until one day I was like I'm just gonna do what I think is right and then my life started to get a little bit a little bit better but um I and with the third now, I came home the minute I got home from the hospital, I started pumping and I gave a bottle to my husband and I was like, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> you know, you can feed him. And that and it worked. And like, you know, Walker just took a bottle, no problem. Like it was no problem. And then I was like, you know what? I um so I I pump and then so I'm breastfeeding him, pumping, but he also gets formula. Like, you know, if I miss a pump or want to have a glass of wine and I don't feel like, you know, you know, giving him that or it's not good. (laughs) Then (laughs) he gets a bottle of formula and it's fine. You know, he's totally fine. I would have never done that with the first one. I would have, it would have been really hard for me. I was, um, with the first one, I was forced to stop breastfeeding at 11 weeks because of really bad mastitis, which is an infection, uh, in your breast. And they, I had to shut down breastfeeding and I just cried because I was like, now I have to give him formula and I feel like I'm ruining him. And my mom was like, um, I never breastfed you. <laughs> see, I mean, see, that's like, you're going to be like, fine. Yeah. I mean, that was, the there's a mom guilt, one. you know, like the mom guilt is real with the first one. And it's, it's, it's too bad because like it, if, I don't know. It's like, it was, it was, I, I feel like I experienced two versions of myself. I'm a completely different mom the third time around and I'm so much happier and the baby's happier and our family's happier. And just cause you know, it's going to be okay. Um, but I, I feel like, I feel like Pete and Vanessa are also like way, like a little, like they're good like that, you know, like they're more, they're chill. Like they're not <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know, just really intense about it. That happened with um, my first one. I had to end up switching over to formula. And I will never forget thinking, buying. That was the thing about formula. Like, I didn't even know that. I was buying formula. My sister was old. I have an older sister. And I remember getting up during the night and, like, getting the formula out of the refrigerator. And the same thing. I was going through all the emotions. Like, what am I doing? This isn't going the way it's supposed to do. I can't believe I'm giving formula. And heating up bottles. Like, heating them up. And then my sister was like, you know, it's the things you just don't know. She's like, um, you need to buy the powder, leave the powder in the container on your nightstand overnight with the bottle, like already filled with the water. Like, I'll never forget. That was like the biggest, like, I was like, Oh my God, like that changed my life. So for newborn parents, like if they have to do formula, if they choose to do formula, whatever it is, just me, you don't buy the liquid anymore because you could take the powder with you. You could leave it on your nightstand. You don't have to get out of bed. You're not heating up bottles. Like, you know, it's actually um, really convenient. Like I yeah. can make a bottle in like two seconds. <laughs> like yeah. it's, and you know, I, uh, again, like I don't have to heat. I never had to heat anything up. My kids just took bottles right out of the fridge. <laughs> they were hungry and it, yeah. you know, and that worked thankfully. I mean, and again, I know not every, not every kid is the same. You know, I, I, I recognize that too. I, I just have like hungry boys who are yeah. just happy to be fed <laughs> no matter what it was. <laughs> Oh yeah. I remember after like the first one and then the bottles with the other ones, whether it was milk, um, whether they're supplementing with, no matter what it was, I remember my mom being like, how are you giving that kid a cold bottle? I'm like, they're fine. <laughs> it's true. As time goes on, just, you know, you just kind of go with the flow. Yeah. Well, no one ever even asked about breastfeeding. Like I remember when I the doctor's appointments or going to the hospital and they're like, Oh, are you going to be breastfeeding? Like, oh, nope, I see twins. Nope, you're not doing that. Now, I do know people that did that, but it wasn't even a thing. And I wasn't breastfed. And then my husband, like all along the pregnancy, kept telling me, I don't want to like badmouth him because he's like, he was like super hands-on and not even just because we had twins, but he's like, you know, you really should breastfeed. It's better for the baby, blah, blah, blah. And I found out like one of his idiot friends is like, do you want her to breastfeed? Because then you don't have to do anything. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. So any thought I had about it, like we're done now and it's formula, but um, yeah, it just, you know, and that's, that's a personal choice for me. I'm like, I just, I need it all. Like I need it to get back to normal. Like I can't add anything else into that mix. 
And that worked for me. Again, for me, it was like that control of like, I need to know exactly how much you ate. So I know that you're eating and then you're going to sleep. Mm -hmm. And like, then I can have some, some sanity, but. That is so nice about formula and yeah. even bottle feeding. You just yeah. know how much they eat. Yeah. Yeah. For some people it's really great. It's really easy and that's terrific. But yeah, definitely. I think women are made to feel like that's the best thing. And it maybe it is, I don't know, but it's probably not for your sanity when then it's all on you and you're just like, you know, again, unless it works. Yeah. I mean, I always say like with what happened with my daughter and I was not shy for formula with my kids and, um, you know, they're all thriving. They're all doing good. They're all doing good in school. Thank God. You know, everybody is, uh, again, yeah. I was also, I'm a product of, um, formula yeah. <laughs> and I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> so to each his own, you know, I was born back when he was still smoking cigarettes in the room. <laughs> well, there, there, yes. that, that was, that yeah. was how it was back then yeah. though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. smoking cigarettes, drinking wine, like that's oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> normal. Madman era. Hey, Roger, uh, I think we're close to half an hour. Maybe we could just sure. pause now and maybe we can talk a little bit about um, the differences between like what you're talking about and then what it's like now. And then uh, we could talk about maybe what it's like having older kids, like, you know, the high school going into high, like, you know, the modern stuff. Versus well, and I have a very specific question after listening to what I just listened to for the last half hour. So all right, we can so lead why, off with that. Yeah, we'll lead off with that. Let's. Hey, we have a quick favor to ask. We want to get the word out, and the way to help is for you to subscribe to us on either Apple or Spotify. And it would be really huge if you give us a rating and a review. Much love. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of $5 Buzz on this special episode talking about motherhood and children. And we have our guest host, Marianne, and our two guests, Lori and Gail. And we've just been talking about babies and breastfeeding versus formula and a bunch of other little things and you know it's funny how i've just been listening to the last half hour and really the first question and i know there's going to be a, an answer a good one at the end of this question but it just i mean from the outside looking in say for instance when i was an alien coming from another planet and had a totally different reproductive system how is any of that shit fun what is rewarding about it? That's an, I'm asking. Literally. No, no, that's a good, that's a good question. I mean, it's funny. And I, I think about it like this and it's, I think it's true. Even to this day, there are certain days that you're like, Oh my God, how lucky am I? What did I do to deserve this? It's so magical. And you know, it's, it's just, it's what, that's how you feel. It's what it is. It could be over the simplest thing. And then of course there's other days when you're like, what did I do to deserve this? This is so terrible. I'm cursed. You know, it's, you know, I, and I, you can't speak for everybody. Some people have challenges, you know, for, for sure. And, uh, but in, in my situation, no, it's rewarding all the time. I'd rather hang out with my kids than do anything. Now I can't say that when they were two years old, um, I like them now. Uh, they're I fresh. Pete and they're... To, to not teach his kid no. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> no is like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the way they are at two and like three years old, they come back to that in like seventh grade. So you kind of get back into that like rebellious, like, you know, I don't like you phase. Um, but, you know, I think overall, if you're, if you've done it right, you know, you, you enjoy more than you don't. And you just deal with the challenges as, as they come. Lori, you got five reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, there are days, yes. Um, okay, well, let's, let's, let's back it up with this way. I had fun growing up. You know, I had um, all the things that I'm worried about my kids doing now. You know, uh, I've traveled, I've done a lot of things. So it's definitely obviously a decision, you know, if you want to have kids. Um, and I think for me, it's just the um, feeling proud of them as they grow, um, feeling proud of them just over the littlest things that they're learning how to do 
or feeling like I taught them that. Um, It's just being a teacher, I think, in a way. Um, There's like, it's like a lot of emotions. Um, And like you said, like, you know, they go, it's different from when they're little as to when they're getting bigger. Um, But I think for me, I knew I always wanted to have kids. I had five Cabbage Patch kids when I was little. (laughs) I had, and I said, and I started babysitting when I was, um, I want to say like 13. So I don't know. I just always knew it was something that I wanted. Yes, it is definitely not for everybody, but it was something that I knew I'd wanted. I luckily, the person I married felt the same way and he wanted a big family. Um, I actually at one point, and this could be because you get on that train of like, you're just like, you do at some point become a machine. Like I'm taking care, I'm doing, and and I was working, but I had really wanted a sixth baby. And (laughs) um, it was really hard for me. It was really, really hard for me to say, I am never again going to create a life. I'm never going to create um, another person with my husband and see what their personality is like. What are they going to look like? How are they going to be? Um, and he was actually the one that was like, when will there be time? Like, when is it time for us again? You know what I mean? So you, mm-hmm. cause you do at some point want to be able to like breathe again, but going back to what you're asking, I think, um, it's just the, the I, I can't put into words really the emotion that goes along with it. Um, having them come to you when they need help, even if now that they're getting older, just like emotional help, like they can be so mad at you one second and want nothing to do with you. But if something blows up in their world, they're like right there looking to you like that, like a true best friend, you know, like how you could kind of like push other people off in your life but like your children don't, if that makes any sense. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm kind of veering away from your question, I think a little bit, but- no, um, no, no, no. But it is, it's hard to explain. Yeah, it's just like, there are definitely days where I'm like, am I, like, I can't think, I can't get a thought straight through my head. But now that I've had them, I cannot picture my life without them, if that makes any sense. Yes, I probably could have been a very, there are people that don't have children and they're happy and they're thriving and they're living life and they're doing all everything. But now that I have them, um, they are just, you know, they're just, they're my life, you know? Um, I think you just gave a really wonderful, succinct answer. I I think it's interesting. Like, you know, your life is not your own the minute you have kids. Mm And that's a real adjustment, right? And like, we're human, we still need breaks. We all have those moments where we just need a break from from our kids. And it's funny, they're funny little creatures because the minute you get a break from them, you miss them terribly. Yeah, it's like a, it's like the minute yeah. you get like okay, I'm I'm going out to dinner, and then you're like, what are the kids doing? Yeah. So it's a it's a really funny thing. This this these these humans that you create, you know, and and um, they're such amazing little creatures, and it's really incredible to watch them grow. It that doesn't mean that they don't drive you absolutely nuts. And oh, it's yeah, really it's hard. Yeah, it's definitely times. not like the Brady Bunch. Like, believe me, there are hard times. There's tears. There's arguing. There's definitely. I mean, um, I would never pretend that there isn't. But it's kind of when you look at like that whole sum at the end of the day, um, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah, you definitely you feel like, okay, I need a break sometimes. Like, or I'll tell my husband, like, see ya. I need a break for a few minutes. Like, I just need to collect a thought. Um, but, but. I couldn't picture life without them. Do you guys have any secret ways of taking breaks? Hmm. Like, Um, uh, so for example, like I tend to take like a three hour shower. (laughs) Like I'm going to take a shower and uh, my husband calls it the great escape. But (laughs) just wondering if there's any, if there's any uh, ways that you guys. I think everyone probably has to, has to find, find that way. Uh, I want, I wanted to go back to Roger's question for one second, because it just reminded me, it was this past summer. And I think it was one of my kids actually said like, why do you do this? Like, how is this fun for you? And what they were talking about is they, they play like competitive lacrosse. It was like Father's Day weekend. We had to drive to Jersey in traffic on Saturday, sit in the heat for like four and a half hours watching them play lacrosse. And they don't talk to you there. Like they hang out with their friends. So you just sit there like quietly. You come home, we have to go back the next day and they're like, how is this fun for you? And you know what? That's fun for us. They love it. They had a great time. Like 
your emotions are tied in with theirs. So like if they love something, like you will drive to the ends of the earth and do nothing else because you love it because they love it. Like that's, I think, pretty much why you do it. And you don't realize that at the time, but, and you know, listen, I'm sure there's not all parents that feel that way. And you know, that's, that's fair too, but that's no, I think that's, is. I think that's very, a very good point. And I think that's a great way to put it. Um, I, I agree. Like, yeah, your emotions are tied into their emotions. I, yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, just like football, like one of my guys wanted to start football and I was like, Oh my God, like you're in all these other sports. What are you doing? And you're going to get hurt. And you know, he is so in love with it that when we're sitting there on the weekend, you know, and it. It, it, in the, in this quote unquote fall, but we're still all sweating and you're burning in the sun. And <laughs> I love it. You know, like I am just like, well, like, yeah, yeah. like let's go, you know? So, yeah. Lori, you, you just made, uh, remind me of something really funny when you were just saying that, uh, you sometimes you feel like a machine. And I just was thinking about, uh, we were up in Lake George. So if people don't know, it's like this big lake up in the Adirondacks mountains and we were hanging out on the beach. And I think Kaylee and her cousin Caitlin went out on this boat, like nothing crazy. They just went on like a kayak and it was so windy and they started yeah. blowing down the lake. Like the wind was super strong. And Jeff just like, I don't even know if he knew how to, well, he must've known how to row a rowboat. The guy just uh, runs, jumps in a rowboat and just start like the guy's like half a mile in the water, just like cranking down and just going to get them. And like, they were totally fine. But yeah. it was just, I just saw him jump in the boat. And I don't, maybe one of the boys went with him. Like they just jumped well, in the boat and they, well, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. And people yeah. need to realize Lake George is not like a man-made lake. It's 32 miles long. I mean, you'll get white caps, you know, it's, it's a big lake and um, yeah, you just kind of go into, into that mode. Yeah. I do remember that. I remember that. And you just, yeah. those are the crazy times that you're like, for God's sakes. <laughs> and you want to choke them, but you just fall into, yeah, that like robotic machine mode. Like this is what I got to do now, you know? Yeah, I feel like Jeff is just always on. So he never gets out of that mode, probably. But um, we were talking yeah. about, I think we were t thinking a little bit about like what, you know, Lori and um, Gail have kids that are in high school now. And Gail, I remember, and Lori, I know we talk about this too. It's like, oh, what's it going to be like when they go to high school? And Gail, I was at your house a couple of weeks ago, and I think it was like, one of it might have been like one of the first days of school mm -hmm. for your sons and you're like oh well there's some kids hanging out in the backyard and you're like look at them you know they're all having fun and I think they were drinking I I just remember when I was in ninth grade and it's funny we just did uh an episode about 1991 and I was in ninth grade in 1991 and what I remember is there was no parents anywhere like no one saw parents people we're like drinking 40s people were smoking blunts like it was like I think I said it in the episode I'm like you left we left middle school and then we were in high school and like it was on right away it like all the things that you kind of maybe heard about and then it was there like it was like full throttle getting thrown into the ocean and I just it doesn't seem like that was the case and Lori it you know from what I hear you talk about is I don't know I don't think, I think that time is like over. I don't know. Maybe I'm naive and. No, I, mean, I, guess, I, I always say that Gen X, yeah. I mean, Gen X parents are the helicopter parents. Our parents were the, you know, the latchkey parents. Yeah, it's, it's a different time, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up with absolutely no parental vision or supervision of any kind since I was 13 at all. Look how I turned out. So, you know, um, but it's, it's a way different because I, as a film producer, I get all of your children when they are around 22, 23, 24, 25, like a drill instructor or a professor. And I, I get this, there's a marked change from when I've been making movies 10, 15 years ago from the way that I make films now. Children are very different. They are very much more open-minded than they've ever been, but they're also more afraid of work. <laughs> so there's oh, a, yeah. I, I'm just saying, generally speaking, so I, I know that those those are some marked differences, but that's you know I'm not a parent, and I've never been a parent. I think I mean, one of the differences of one of the differences too is how do you guys handle cell phones? Yeah, there's, that's a good because we didn't have the you know like that's a that's probably you know your kids might be at the ages where they're they've got phones and then therefore 
probably social, social media. media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I how think, do you guys manage that? I think like going back, back a little bit to like what Georgie was saying, I think um, as far as like everything we were thrown into, like everybody was drinking 40s and everybody was, I, it's still it's still going on. I mean, um, pot smoking, the drinking, the, everything like once you come into high school, um, I see it you know, I'll go past certain places and I smell it. I mean, I think kids are still having a good time. You know what I mean? I think maybe today. Um, it's more sophisticated today, though. I mean, they have gummies. Yeah. Well, gummies. you know what it is? I think there's so <laughs> it's many all legal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I <laughs> and I think um, we don't think so because we see kids today now so much more in sports and travel sports. And, you know, everybody is like pushing for, to go to college on a scholarship for sports. And I think, I don't know. I think like the recreate, like the sport, like that whole Everything dynamic is more different. important than it was in our day, right? Like, I mean, did you think about when you were a freshman, like, oh my God, got to get into a good school. Like, right. wasn't that push. You didn't write it was at stake. I See, think I grew up I, that. I graduated in 86 and I would say that I was surrounded by those kids in Southern California here where I grew up, that that was the case though. So it's, I guess it might be regional too about some of these things. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just, just the way lacrosse like wasn't always in, in yeah. our area. And, you know, lacrosse that's a really good point. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, they also, they can't get away with anything. I mean, our parents, it's not that they didn't, you know, want to be on top of us, but you left the house and there was no way to track you. So they didn't think about it. That a lot too, of times, yeah. I wish I didn't know because then, you know, I, I don't have like the whole tracking on the phone, but I could see where their phone is. So like if they were supposed to be home and we don't like really have like a curfew because they're not really doing anything bad. Like if you're downtown and you're seeing a movie and you're going to Buffalo Wild Wings, like someone's driving you home, like a parent, I don't care what time you get home as long as I don't have to pick you up at night because I'm having cocktails. But um, but I went to the phone and then I'm like, why are they in that park? That's not where the movie is. You know, I, I don't want to do that. I, it would be better if it wasn't. But I think that's why I think they're not into the things that we were all into as quickly and like as hard as we were. I think they just can't be. Yeah. And maybe the interest in that kind of stuff just isn't quite... Uh the same as it was back then i don't know but i think yeah the technology definitely plays a huge part because you know one thing like we never thought about was like like i never once thought like anyone's parents was coming anyone's like that just you didn't, didn't know anybody's occur. parents we just we were like we're adults now or we thought we were adults and there was no one ever thought about their mom coming or like mm -hmm. it just didn't happen i i don't know but i i you know, I'm not saying that was like um, the right way to do things, but yeah, I guess maybe kids now kind of realize that things are permanent. There's no, hey, Mr. Internet, I made a mistake. We got to take that uh, post off the internet or like that picture. We can't do that kind of stuff anymore. Maybe oh, yeah, that's, there's that's a little a more apprehension, thing. you know, mm -hmm. maybe they're more yeah. aware of uh, doing things that we probably just would have done impulsively, maybe. Yeah. I have well, a psychologist friend who treats a lot of uh, young people, and he says it's the number one problem is social media, as far as the anxiety with young people. Yeah, oh, I absolutely, absolutely number. agree. Absolutely agree. They have the um, Snap Maps. Like, do you guys know like the Snapchat Maps? These kids have Snapchat. I was very, very, very strict with my daughter um, with the phone. Uh, by the time I let her get it, any kinds of apps, anything like that. But then there comes a point in time where you know it's going to happen. But um, I think it causes them, yes, a lot of anxiety, a lot of left out, a lot of what's going on, a lot of um, this with the images, self-image with the girls, with the pictures. Um, but like they have the snap maps. So if like 15 girls or 10 boys or whatever it is are hanging out at one house, you can open Snapchat and you see on the map where all your friends are that you like weren't asked to go. I mean, when we were younger, you were just out. You did what you were doing. It was not like who knew what, what was yeah, going across know. Instagram. You know, um, I definitely think the social media is um, a huge problem. I saw some posts um, probably on Instagram that it went through like all these statements that like a girl was like hypothetically saying to her mom. And um, the very last one I think was um, 
something to the effect of, um, you know, don't try to uh, like reprimand me about my social media. And this is our life now. Teach me how to work with it. You know, like be supportive and teach me how to deal with it, so to speak. Like, I think there's a lot of us from our like era that we just want it to like be gone. Like, get it out of your hands. Don't do it. Don't. But it's not going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be some way to navigate that stuff. I mean, in the future, I know they're trying. It all started off as a plan to have equal communication. Of course, it <laughs> derailed over the last 20 years. Yeah. I mean, you'll laugh at me. You'll think I'm crazy, but I wish there was like literally like a legal law that kids couldn't have any social media, just a phone to for emergency. Fine. Yeah. We're all running around today. Things are more busy, um, but no social media till like you're like 17, 18. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but I think their heads are getting so screwed up from it to some point or another, you know? So they're um, not growing out of that. Like kids don't think like fate, like, like i just heard all this news about facebook being down yesterday oh yeah well the kids the kids care about facebook no 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 No, facebook's gone it's uh instagram it's tiktok tiktok of course tiktok tiktok is the big dog now yeah you know tiktok instagram snapchat i think once they're emotionally a little bit more mature with like and again, it's not all kids. Some kids until they're 30 might have FOMO. I think, George, we know some people like that, you know, yeah. that have it even as adults, you know. Right. But I think, and like you said, like trying to help them navigate it because it's here to say, okay, well, you weren't invited. There was five people over there. You don't always want to invite everybody. Like people can do things without you. Like you have to be okay with that. Doesn't mean nobody likes you. It's just, that's what it is, you know, so yeah yeah like you do it's have to the most it. narcissistic social existential crisis that we have. yeah definitely it's a weird it, it, it's a weird like my i don't know um if you're maybe i don't know marianne it, it, your oldest son how old is he he's six all right so henley and brighton well <laughs> brighton is doing it because henley does it but her henley is my oldest daughter she is eight and they play this game called roblox and it's I, and I've talked about it on the show before. I think it's like the evolution of like talking to your friends on the phone. They're all playing a video game, talking to each other at the same time. But I told one, I told their friend, Nikki, who they talk to like every day, like nonstop. First thing they do when they wake up is they talk to Nikki, both girls, Henley and Bright said, well, I'm going to take you guys to the movies. You want to see if Nikki wants to come. But they talked to another girl called Amelia, who's always, I'm like, guys, I don't know if, and I, I didn't want to like leave Amelia out, but I don't think her, like Nikki's mom is like, yes, to everything. I'm like, I'm going to pick him up, bring him to the movies. I'll bring him home. And then Amelia's mom, I don't really know that good. So I'm like, I don't want to impose and say, Hey, do you want, but I just don't want to leave her out. So I'm like, guys, don't tell uh, Amelia. And then Henley and Brian, like, we're not saying, and I think Nikki might've blabbed or whatever, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is like, it's, what you guys are saying about leaving people out, it's like, how the hell are you supposed to accommodate like 15 yeah, people? Yeah, those are just yeah, realistic on yeah. any level, right? But it's that's the society we live in where it was like, when the kids were little, like, it was like, well, if you're having a birthday party, you have to invite the whole class. Like, why do I have to? I don't want to. Nobody's friends with those kids. Like, why does mm-hmm. it have to be like that? But I remember like in the early days of school, that was kind of like the rule. And it just yeah. sets everybody up. It's like the, everybody gets a trophy, that everybody's the same. Like, that's just what we live in right now. And yes, I think it's messing them up. Or guess what? Oh, I can't remember can... like sneaking the invitation. Like if you want to yeah. invite your, your buddy from the other class, you had to like yeah. meet them like at the bus stop and like, here, take this. Yeah. Here's the invitation <laughs> yeah. to my fucking Chuck E. Cheese birthday party. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. Well, it's the same yeah. thing now with like Valentine's Day or anything like that. Oh, right. Teachers Everyone has to have a that like, if you give it to one kid, you, if you're bringing in Valentine's or anything like that with the younger ones, you have to bring it for the whole class. Like, you know, things like that, which, um, we don't do anyway, because with five kids, I don't have time for that stuff. So <laughs> it just makes it easier. It's a Valentine. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, George, like what you were saying with like what we were doing, um, when we were younger, like, and as older kids in high school and stuff like that, I have already said to Kaylee, like, which first of all, she knows I will get a hold of her if she's going to lie. But I've already had the conversation with her. Like, 
I've, you know, she's, their kids still drinking at, you know, high school age, it's all still going on. Um, but I just did the approach with her. I was like, listen, you got to tell me what's going on. I'm not going to stand here and be like, don't drink, don't try anything. Like I want to have that relationship. Talk to me, let me know. Um, because even going back to, and George, you know, my parents, your aunt and uncle, they were very, very strict, but even at an age where, um, I don't know, like everybody was driving and we really weren't supposed to drink. And my, my mom and my dad were always like, just call me if you're, you know, like, so I want to have those, like the open communication with her. Um, she, she might only be 15 and a half, but you know, she does go out with her friends now. And I've told her just, I want to know, I just, you're not going to be in trouble. Just talk to me. I know it's out there. Um, and I really want to know for your safety. I need to know if you come home and you did drink. I need to know if I have to check on you, you know, mm -hmm. that you're not going to be choking on vomit in your sleep. Like I'm trying to make it more of, um, you know, like if you scare them, they're not going to talk to you, you know, they're not going to tell you anything. Um, so I don't know. Some people might think that I'm wrong for doing that. Like how, like I'm not telling her at 15 and a half to go out and drink. I always know where she is. I always no, know No, Lori, I think that sounds you know? right. Yeah, I mean, sounds like you're do. building trust with her. And if you have trust, then she is going to tell you those moments, you know? I, and I think you yeah, I mean, potentially I like you're also like using technology. I can imagine, I mean, you can't get a hold of your kids. You can't, you know, maybe not tracking them and see like, that's like, yeah, you, it's, you gotta have some discipline, I guess, like looking at that. I don't know yet, but I even, even like sending my kid to school, I'm like, oh, when is that moment where I like, what if some, what if I need to tell them something? Like we now live in an age where we can constantly communicate with people. There is no like waiting to get home from school or waiting. It's like, oh, I need something. I'm like, I'll just text him or I'll just, I mean, he's not that old yet, but I can imagine that they get there pretty quickly, much quicker than they may yeah. be, they may be ready for. And I think yeah. that, you know, you, you guys are in places where you do need to figure out how to build that trust with, with, with your kids and this device, because they're connected to a whole world that you don't even have access to. It's, it's, right. it's really, really like overwhelming to think about um, how to do that, how to navigate that with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the boys are a little bit like, so my little ones don't have anything. My daughter obviously has a phone and then my 13 year old does, but I don't notice him as much being, um, you know, he's the video games. Everything with him is, you know, the boys are the video games, yeah. I, I think, you know, um, Until with the girls. And then it changes. Say that again. I said until they discover girls and then that changes. Uh, yes. <laughs> what age scale does that happen? <laughs> like last week. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I freaked out and it, it it's going to, this will circle back to babies and your free time. And like, when is the time for me and my husband, you guys, like, it doesn't sound like you guys are anywhere near this phase, but now that we have two kids in high school, like all of a sudden, like my husband and I can do things freely. You know, you just don't have to think about them. You make sure they have a ride here and there. And it's lovely. We like each other again. You feel like a normal person. And there's like, you know, they go to college in four years. I'm 47. Like there's a part of me that's like horrified, but there's a part of me that's like, I'm going to Italy and I don't have to worry about who's staying with my kids or is there going to be- a You're going to be an empty nester and not that far away. I mean, no, it's oh, isn't I'm that not, a crazy thought? You know what is crazy about that is I've got my cat sitting here on my counter and my hundred pound daughter, my dog, they're probably both going to die <laughs> in about four years. The kids are going to be gone. It's going to be horrible. I'm going to turn one of the kids' rooms into like the, you know, kitten foster room but still travel. So yeah, it's going to be scary, but there's also like that next phase. It's like part two, um, which you just have to get through the next four because it changes, it changes quickly. Oh, it was last Saturday night and they were both, they're going to kill me if they're upstairs and they hear this, which is a whole other thing. But all of a sudden they're like, where's the shaving cream? And they're both shaving their faces and going out on dates. And I was like, what the fuck? What's happening? How did this happen to us? Because it literally, like George, you were there for like the first night of it, where they actually had like girls over, yeah, um, and we're all hanging out, and then it like spiraled. So they're not drinking yet. I haven't moved the beer from the beer fridge. Like I don't think we're there yet, but I, it's coming. Like I know it's gonna, it's gonna be fast. How old are they again? Well, they're they're gonna be fourteen. They're ninth graders. 
Yeah. Just don't have them hang out. Any solo male figures who have no parent parents who live in a one bedroom apartment and um, that, uh, <clears throat> yeah, just don't let them hang out with that person who is smart, who can talk to you really easily and <laughs> will take all of your liquor and ply your children with all the drugs and alcohol as they can. That was me. I was a bad kid. Well, and then like building on what Lori said too, like I say the same thing. I'm not like, yeah, go drink, but I'm like, it's going to happen. You're going to be somewhere. Like you have to figure out how to drink responsibly, not getting in the car with people and then being responsible in this house. Like when you guys start doing that stuff, like don't do it here. You're welcome to have your friends over now. But when that changes, take that elsewhere. Like, I don't want to get in trouble for that. So it's like more being smart, I think today than like, just don't drink and do drugs, you know? I also feel like the parents are all more, I feel like everyone's on the same level. Like back in, like, again, I keep saying, like, I don't ever remember meeting too many of my parents, my friends' parents. Like we just, we never, like, we were always out in like an industrial park or in a baseball field or like there was no, like parents didn't even exist. And like, no one wanted to talk to their parents and, you know, parents are at work or like, I don't know, but I feel like now everyone, like I would be surprised if there's parents that just said, Hey, fuck it. Go smoke angel dust on the handball court. Like right now. And like, I don't care. Do whatever you want. Yeah, there's, out, some. You know? there's still some, you got to be careful of those. Yeah, I guess. Um, well guys, we're, I think we've been chit chatting for about an hour. Um, if we want to Gail, we'll just go around the horn and just say, Pete, uh, you know, He's coming, you know, he's got a lot to learn, him and Vanessa, but what would you, what would be your final words of uh, wisdom for a first-time parent? I mean, basically, you just, you do what's good for you. This is your time. You don't, you know, you seek out advice where you want to seek it out from, but you do what's comfortable for you. Don't do what you want, don't want to do. And especially like in COVID times, like, dude, you're just calling sick to a bunch of stuff. Like it could just be real questionable. You don't want to go to something. Eh, I don't know. The baby's under the weather. Like use that. We never use that excuse ever. Right. Or just be bold and straight up say, no, it's not good for us. Like we're just going to stay home with the baby today. So that would be my best advice. Yeah. The baby's under the weather is like, you're not going to get any pushback nowadays. Exactly. Um, we're not Lori, sure. Lori, uh, final thoughts for uh, the, the, the happy young couple with the young lady uh, at home now. No, I'm so excited for them. You know, I miss that. Um, I would tell them just, you know, just go with the flow. Like, don't, same thing. Don't worry about what everybody's telling you to do. Definitely get the baby. That's going to be my only thing. Get that baby on a schedule. Don't let the baby sleep all day. (laughs) Um, But you know what? Other than that, just enjoy it. You know, go with the flow. And um, it goes fast, you know. Congratulations to them. Wow. I know. Congrats. And Marianne, um what would you uh say to uh the couple now at this point? i mean just help each other sleep as much as possible in the first six weeks and then if you can get through that you're good you can handle anything yeah i agree and uh you know it it comes natural and you know the thing is uh with the first baby that, that you have on your side versus the the second and all the others is that you've been planning it for like a year. So you're kind of, you're ready. Whereas uh, there's really no game plan when you have multiple uh, kids going, there's really no script, but um, I just want to say thank you ladies for coming on. We'd love to have you guys back. Uh, If you want to come back and talk about something specific and uh, 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 would you like to just uh, take us home? uh, with uh, some final thoughts. You talking to me? Yeah. Cause you, Roger. you zapped out for two seconds. Oh, oh, yes. I'm zapping again. Well, you know, Uncle I'm Roger. Me. Uncle Roger. <laughs> I, I, well, that's, I mean, I, I already gave uh, that baby about 18,000 stuffed animals. I got her some weird ones too. Um, uh, slow Loris, if anybody knows what that is, it's the only um, one of four mammals that has venom in its bite. Anyway, it's a, um, <laughs> I just want to say thank you for a wonderful episode. You guys were all fantastic. Um, thank you, Marianne, for coming in in Pete's stead as our co-host, uh, Lori and Gail. You guys uh, certainly were, you know, 
there, there was no there was no dead spots it, we just kept on rolling and it was it was fantastic information all the way through and i want to appreciate i just i appreciate your time i really do um you want me to bring it out george sure well i want to thank everybody for listening to this edition of five dollar buzz if you have any questions comments have any ideas or guests for the future please email us at five dollar buzz and that's f-i-v-e-d-o-l-l-a-r-b-u-z-z at gmail.com we'll get back to you as soon as we can you know that is after we get done hanging out with the mothers and we don't mean frank zappa thank you very much have a wonderful day thank you